Welcome to the Road to Health podcast, a podcast series focused on real Rhode Islanders who are making a difference in the health and wellness of communities across our state. Each episode will take you inside a health topic that affects Rhode Islanders with the hope of informing and empowering you to navigate the confusing but vitally important role of healthcare in your life. Please welcome this week's host, Guillaume Bagal. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. My name is Guillaume Bagal, and I'm Lead Diversity and Inclusion Consultant at BCBSRI. I'll be serving as your host today, and I'm joined here by a panel of my colleagues at Blue Cross to discuss a topic that can be very tough for many of us, being out in the workplace. A survey conducted by the Human Rights Campaign found that nearly half of LGBTQ employees in the United States are not out in the place of employment. Additionally, 53% of LGBTQ people who took this survey reported hearing derogatory LGBTQ comments from coworkers. To discuss this topic further, I'm joined by my guest today, Charlotte Christ, our Managing Director of Clinical Programs, Michelle M., an Account Coordinator, and Jason Farlon, Blue Cross Manager of Contact Center Oversight. Welcome to the podcast, Char, Michelle, Jason. Thank you. Good to be here. Hello. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Of course. We'll jump right in. So we decided to discuss this topic in honor of National Coming Out Day, which is October 11th. Hearing that opening statistics, I just mentioned that uh, approximately half of LGBTQ employees are not out in the workplace. What are your first impressions of that? And why do you think this would be the case? Um, That doesn't actually surprise me. Uh, I would think that uh, in the future we can change that so that that's not such a small number. Um, But I do understand the um, apprehension or fear around coming out. There remains discrimination. There remains fear of uh, your position or social status or your security. Um, Not referring to Blue Cross Blue Shield Rhode Island specifically, but in general, um, folks aren't necessarily sure how they may be accepted or how, how coming out could potentially jeopardize their role or potential opportunities for advancement, um, even if it weren't strictly um, or directly related to that. You, you're always fearful that that's something that's in someone's mind. I think for me, uh, when I hear that statistic, what it does is it reminds me of being in a place where I wasn't out and open, whether that was with my friends, family, or colleagues. And sometimes it comes down to these really small little conversations that you might not necessarily be a part of, but you're a witness to. And so you automatically start to withhold information that that person might otherwise not care about. So being gay... Uh, they might not care about that, but the way that they express themselves in conversations or the way they speak about gay people tells me this isn't a safe place to come out to this person. So in many cases, I view that number as that high because a lot of those situations are just not willing to come out with that for fear of repercussions. Thank you, Jason. Okay, um, for me, um, even though I am out here, I am not out at my other part-time job that I work at. Um, I, I am mostly afraid because of my coworkers. They, um, they are very homophobic, very transphobic and stuff. So it's very scary. And I wonder, um, as a gay man myself, um, I wonder at 
what point do we often decide whether or not it's safe to come out? You know, I remember interviewing for different positions and starting new jobs. And we also have to keep in mind that coming out is not a, you don't, it doesn't happen once. It, you know, it happens in the kitchen, in the cafeteria, the coffee shop, when people are talking about what they did over the weekend. So at what point do you find yourself deciding that this person is safe to come out to? That is a great question. Um, and I think it's an individual choice. Um, and it is an evolution. You may find, um, like myself, in the I'm a middle-aged person, that I'm no longer tolerant of keeping part such an important part of my life, my family, my spouse, my interactions private from the people I work with or the people that presumably I have interactions with. Um, I just personally didn't want to tolerate it anymore. Um, so speaking out is just a part of who I am every day now. I, when I come out to somebody, I just try to make sure that they are very open-minded because I don't want to deal with somebody who is very ignorant and rude about anything. So I just want to make sure that they're cool with everything. <laughs> so we often end up deciding, uh, for someone if they're ready, because I've, I've, I've actually wondered a few times how some of my uh, co-workers who I didn't come out to, but, you know, perhaps if they ask me, did you do anything for Valentine's, I will, you know, stay away from pronouns, you know, we did this, oh, you know, it was nice, but keep the answer short. And out of politeness, perhaps they did not try. But at that point, sometimes I felt like I was deciding for them. I was almost being judgmental, like just this person would not be comfortable with me or will not like me as much if they found that I was gay. So that's a, a bit of a double-edged sword, I found. That's a really good point. I, I would be surprised if, if every one of us didn't have that same situation where you make a decision in that moment. And part of it may be um, how you think you'll be received by that person. And part of it may be, I don't know if I have the initiative or time to allow you to digest this, <laughs> you know, but it is an extra step for, for those of us that are being asked questions about our personal life or our interactions or our events and family gatherings to, we do make decisions in that moment. Okay. How much do I share right now? Yes. Right. I see you nodding your head, Jason. Do you have anything to add? Yeah. So I'm reminded of a situation I encountered early in my career um, having pictures up of friends or friends who had children as well. Um, and, you know, of course, you take photos, it's holidays or birthdays, and some folks would ask, oh, is that your spouse and your child? And so in that moment, the assumption that they made that that was my spouse is oftentimes where I go, okay, in this moment, do I need to share that? Or is that bias, unconscious bias that they brought to that question an indication that they're not going to be as open in this moment. And so it's something like Char mentioned, it's this extra step and you wrestle with that in your mind in that moment. And sometimes you open up and then other times you go, maybe this isn't a situation I want to open up or just, I don't have the time. <laughs> Thanks for sharing that. And I recently got married about two weeks ago and turns out that just that very uh, big event invites more opportunities to come out as uh, people announce it. Um, as I'm meeting new people, people are sharing that information. 
And I often find myself quickly going in my head, like just thinking through at what point in this conversation they're going to realize that I married another man, not another woman. Do I beat them to the punch? So in we essentially sometimes, I essentially sometimes feel like I'm trying to protect people from like, for lack of better words, uh, putting their foot in their mouth, you know, asking a question and then having to apologize. So it's uh, it's been interesting to discuss my recent marriage and essentially figure out at what point it's safe to. Oh, and his name is Bobby, and Bobby and I met in D.C. And but you know, of course, a name is a name, so Bobby could very well be a woman. <laughs> I believe that uh, all of us here are open about LGBTQ status in the workplace. Um, so would any of you like to share your coming out story? Uh, talk about maybe some implications with your family or at work? Sure. Uh, I, I think as you described earlier, it's an evolution. It's not always a single day, although we do recognize that for October 11th, but um, for many of us, it is a process that we come to. And um, I would be uh, willing to share that that actually did cost me relationships. It costs me part of uh, my family who to this day can't accept that or will make judgments about um, how they can't support me in that so they can't attend a an event or join me in a celebration or even congratulate me in, in great things if it's related to that or, or with the person I love. So it did cost me quite a bit, um, but it, it wasn't just one moment. It took time. It took years. Um, it took me becoming a middle-aged person <laughs> to frankly not really feel as though I have to hide that part of myself. Thank you, Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, with my family, it's a lot different than with than it was with my friends. My family, they weren't very accepting. They still aren't. Um, they still call me a woman. They still call me just, they call me he, she sometimes and all that stuff. But with my friends, they are very accepting. And they helped me uh, with my coming out process. It's, it's not a one-day thing, like she said. It's an everyday, everyday thing. So for me, I, I'm very fortunate and I've had probably the opposite experience of my two colleagues here in that in a very supportive home um, and family life. Uh, growing up, we had uh, friends and family members who identified as gay, lesbian, and transgender. Uh, and so growing up, I didn't delineate uh, the differences. I didn't understand what the difference was because I was masked by being raised in a home that was always inclusive and accepting. As I matured and I got older and I went out into the real world with other maturing kids, I then realized this is that I'm different and I shouldn't have been afraid to come out to my own family. But the mental anguish and anxiety that you go through covering who you are up on the outside oftentimes made me question, do I even want to share this on the inside when I shouldn't have had that problem? So for me, it was really an arduous process to come out throughout 
my childhood, I guess, or into my teens and into becoming an adult because I carried a lot of that maybe anger, resentment, and anxiety with me. And it took me an extra amount of time to maybe be comfortable on that level because I didn't have quite that friend system outside of my home. Uh, So I spent a lot of those days reading books and (laughs) spending time with family. Um, But as time went on, I recognized that that was something within me, and I can't put that responsibility on others. And I think Shar alluded to that earlier. It's you, you lose your own tolerance for keeping it a secret, and you just go, I need to be me. And so that's when I decided, regardless of who asks or the situation, I want to make sure that I'm honest with myself and others. I wonder how much of a role social media plays into that coming out process and the implication at work and at home. Uh, as you're out there dating or just befriending people who are much more public about the LGBTQ status and with the intersection of now work encouraging people to post on social media about perhaps work initiatives and at some point your personal life interacts with uh, your professional life. So have you had um, any concerns around that? being out or maybe just not wanting your private life to be discussed so openly in the workplace, especially being LGBTQ, it may seem very uh, interesting to your coworkers, but there's a fine line between people wanting to be accepting and people just treating it as a entertainment almost, or what's the, what's the word? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd say that we've evolved um, over the decades. What was absolutely taboo what was absolutely unspoken and undisclosed has become almost normalized. And, of course, it depends on where we live and who we work with. And Blue Cross is a great supporter of coming out and being yourself. So um, being here at work is quite safe. Um, the social media aspect, it's every type of media. It's its really an everyday interaction, Um if you have to take off work to care for a loved one, you, you disclose to work, I need to take off. You can't keep your life completely private all the time. So I can't thank Blue Cross enough for the way that we're supported to just be ourselves, bringing our authentic selves to work. We may or may not be able to do that outside of work. I know it intersects, as you mentioned, um, but at work, it's safe. Thanks for listening, and please join us back for part two. That's it for this episode of the Road to Health podcast, brought to you by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Rhode Island. Our producer is Jill Flaxington. Our sound engineer is Jonathan Finn. For more information on the topics discussed, or to listen to our library of episodes, please visit bcbsri.com. If you'd like to connect with us, or have a story to tell, we are at bcbsri on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. Thanks for listening.